This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hey, Zach. Hello. <laughs> so, Zach, what do you think when you hear the words player agency? Uh, I think the ability to control a character in a video game. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good uh, Wikipedia answer there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's what comes to mind. But you mean in terms of like game design or something? Or, or you personally? Like, like what's what? Are there any like emotional feelings that comes to mind when you hear player agency, or or is it really just an academic word that I need to come up with a better word for? Uh, okay. So to become more specific, agency in terms of video games is like the level of control that a player feels over the game world that they're in. Yeah. So, like, arcade games, which are the games I like, have what would we call almost zero agency because the game presents a set of obstacles and or rules which you must overcome in a completely linear way with almost no choice whatsoever. So you kind of bend to the rules of the game or you die. That's kind of the rule. So you, you think that that's no player agency because to me, in my mind, like, that's... You, you're very focused on that magic circle of that arcade game and you just have you have a lot of choices do you get hit by things do you avoid those things or how do you avoid those things and when do you shoot back things like that i think it can be maybe it's more like two categories of thing because i think control over the game world seems like a bit more of a on the narrative side of things kind of like okay if you're playing a story-based game right what choice yeah. do I have in this "quote unquote" narrative to do stuff? Right. That's fair. So, like That's in a fair. Call I mean, of like Duty the... game, right? Like, what agency uh-huh. does the player have other than to shoot dudes? Like, not die, much. die. Yeah, you can die. die. Either yeah. or. <laughs> those those are pretty much. Oh, oh, you also have grenades. Yeah, and grenades. And knives sometimes. See, but like your character, who is may or may not be you, depends on what Call of Duty game we're talking about. You might be the super soldier. Wait, wait, wait. Are there call? Are there Call of Duty games where you can play as yourself as a slightly out of shape uh, American gamer? <laughs> uh, I don't <laughs> think so. But I think in oh, okay. when I played Modern Warfare, the first one, in all of those cases, I my player character didn't talk. So even though I was yeah. playing as like two or three separate dudes from different military arms or it was I, I can't remember they all have a speech problem yeah they don't talk but like in the more yeah. modern uh call of duty ones like the protagonist is a distinct person apart from you kind of sort of mason what's his last name i don't even know they have strong american names yeah <laughs> like max and max and uh mason is, is captain price still in all the call of duties was he the british dude yeah, he was he was he's the SAS commander who was in like I know he's in Modern Warfare and I know that he was in like one or two others like back when they were in World War II. I thought he died um, in one of them, didn't he? he no, he <laughs> dies in all of them. But I, I'm pretty because <laughs> I'm like I don't know, this is this is a side So bringing it back to to player narrative or no, what is what is the word that I said? Agency. agency. Yeah. So I mean, like. I will admit that the first thing that comes to mind, my, my mind when I think of player agency is when I'm given an opportunity to make some kind of e- even small decision. Like, so I've been playing Soma lately, a lot of Soma. Um, Soma. Yeah, it's super neat because um, the whole basic idea of, the, of the, the word Soma, you know the Greek for Soma, right? 
Is it body or mind? It's mind. Yes. There we go. Body. Um, it's it's body. Um, body. As in like the body of like it's the word when you hear in the Bible the body of Christ. It's what's used for for your physical uh, and and the theoretical conceptual unity of the bride. Um, but the thing that and I also know that because of uh, the company Soma Games, which is not the developer of the game Soma. That's frictional games. But Soma Games is a Christian game developer out in Seattle, and uh, that's Chris Skaggs and uh, John McLaughlin, um, and they're a really great team. And that's actually where uh, the that Dragon Cancer team came from. But anyway, so, getting my myself sidetracked. So in the game Soma, I find myself in this situation where I'm walking through this really dark, dreary underwater laboratory, and I find this robot that starts talking to me, and the robot says things like. Oh, hey, you there. Can you help me up? And I'm like, and my character actually has a voice and he talks to him and he, and, and you find out that, um, this robot thinks that he's a person and, and he, you try telling him that he's, that he's a robot and he's like, he starts cursing at you. Um, so <laughs> uh, I thought that that was kind of, that was kind of weird and, 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 and interesting and it, it provides the overall framework for the game and it deals a lot with, um, the idea of people their minds being put into different bodies, um, which isn't a new idea in science fiction. We've seen that a lot, even in games, yes. even when we play games, because we're putting ourselves into another person's body in a game. Which sounds been, creepy when you say it that way. <laughs> well, yeah, it is creepy. I get to be Vin Diesel. Like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't want to be Vin Diesel, though? At least for a moment. <laughs> yeah, maybe for a little bit. Um, then, you, then you get creeped out by it and... Yeah, he's oh, being body you... shamed right now as of the time of this recording. Oh, why? I, because he's, I don't know. He's too buff. No, I guess he's not as notice. He's not as buff in recent pictures. Oh, has, has people very concerned? He looks like a normal human being. Oh snap! That's terrible. Vin Diesel okay, is so dead. anyway, so I find these robots in Soma, and I ask, and this one starts talking to me, and then I find out that I have to flip a switch of sorts to be able to get to the next area. Um, and of course, I have to make a choice on whether or not I kill that robot, or so that I get all the power that I need, or I make a harder decision and let the ro- and and don't let the robot get killed or whatever. Um, and I and, and to me, in my mind, the first thing that I think is like when a game gives me the opportunity to spare lives for enemies. I know it's almost a cliche in a sense to say that that's that's player agency. Um, but, but but that's the first thing that comes to my mind when I'm given an option on what to do and I'm not forced to do the one thing. Yeah, when a narrative presents two choices and you can actually choose to do something different. Yeah, and it affects the game world in some way, shape, or form. There's actual consequences. Yeah, there are not a lot of games that actually do that. I mean, like, some games are you kidding are like, me? Choose There's this, a ton of games that do that. This, like that's like every AAA yeah. game for the past like decade. But it's like choose this level or choose that level. You know what I mean? You're still in the the control of the developer and the company and their vision. You're still yeah. You're still on within the, their consideration and the amount of of uh, you can't program for things that um, aren't possible. You know like yeah. You're, you're you are as a developer limited to your ability to program and provide an outcome for those consequences. That's how I – you know, this is where I get like my dislike of Bioware games. Oh, sure. Well, I mean I understand you... that. Yeah, no, I totally get that in a sense. But like let's go let's go a little bit more broad. Let's go – all right. You and I are both playing Metal Gear Solid Five. Yes. 
Yeah. And and you have how much more to go? Uh, I am out of chapter one, which took me 35 hours or something. Yeah. The, the words chapter one should not be described, not, should not be contained within uh, the words 35 hours. That was um, literally the game. That was the game. That's, chapter that's one was completely, the game. Yeah. <laughs> It it, it 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 could be that's that's the the question mark uh, unfortunately attached to the game but yeah so um what are some of the the when I think of um player agency I think of the 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 type of tools that you can take with you on a mission and how you approach it so there's one mission and that that you had a problem with which was the convoy the tank convoy right uh yeah that one that one was dumb. And, I think it's called. <laughs> What is it called? Back up, back down? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And you're supposed and to, like, intercept them as they drive around, or are they... Okay, you got an S-rank on this, or no? Uh, I'm pretty sure I did. I, I either got an S-rank or, or an A-rank. Are some of them located in bases? <laughs> That's the first question. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is that... You mean the one where you have to take out both tanks and armored vehicles, and they're all driving past you and stuff, right? yeah. That. Okay, yeah, that one's a little bit different from the one that I was thinking of, where you have to like sneak in, find out what the plans are from, oh, yeah, from like a, a base. One, that one's fun. That that one is fun. That's the one that I like. Yeah. This this one was also interesting, but you also it's also much more about you trying to get around in so many different ways. So when you first get this mission, it's early in the game, and the only buddy that you have is D Dog <laughs> or the horse. Wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm sorry. That's right. The only thing you have is the D-horse. Yeah. D-dog you might not even have yet. Yeah. Oh, no. I brought the dog like an idiot and uh, oh, yeah, I didn't yeah, actually yeah. run after well, anything. So I just blew up one tank and then waited for the timer to go out. And that's, and that's a great a great illustration of another point. You can show up with the dog and feel like you can't get anywhere fast enough because you're not fast enough except for another thing that you have to consider. You can summon a vehicle. Like Oh, yeah. Well, back then I didn't know I could actually just deploy whatever I wanted. Yeah. So that's the other thing is that you don't realize that you can deploy whatever you want. <laughs> that's weird. Like the fact that there's that many options in how you approach a mission that you don't even realize them. Okay. I have – guess how many hours I have in the game so far? Uh, 105. Very close. 95. Okay. So in that <laughs> 95 hours – yeah, you're, you're 10 off. It's, you're terrible. Yeah. Um, but in that 95 hours, the one thing that I did in the first 94 hours – I did not realize that you could leave a mission just by leap, like driving off the out of the mission zone when all your objectives are complete. <laughs> yeah, the I hot thought, zone. <laughs> yeah, I thought that like if I left that, then I leave the mission area and then it's all over, and then or something. I don't know. Like I didn't actively process the capacity for what would happen if I got out of the, the mission area. Well, they do say just, like leave the hot zone and you'll be okay, right? I'm sure they said it, but what that meant in my mind <laughs> – right, right. But what that meant in my mind was everywhere is hot and I need to get on my helicopter yeah. so I'm no longer in the hot zone. <laughs> Yo, I need the sweet sounds of uh, take on me before I can leave the mission area or else it's, yeah. just, it's just not going to work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on the subject of, of player agency, I think that this game is one that's a perfect illustration of there's so many different things that you can do, how you can do them. And it might not necessarily affect, uh, you know, the narrative per se, but you can have some crazy, unique stories of how you play, how you solve each one of these situations. Yeah. Don't people call that like emergent now, though? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, like, that's this the is short. emergent gameplay. Right, right. Which is just another way of saying that, like, 
how you choose to play the game is typically more interesting than any kind of written. The narrator says this is when yeah. the penguin got onto the blah blah blah. Well, unless you like listening to audio tapes, in which case Metal Gear Solid Five has you covered, because <laughs> there's like a lot of them and they go on forever. Yeah, that's one of the weird things. Is like you just want to like continue to listen to audio tapes, and that's one of the things that's also hard. Is if you extract via helicopter every time you're going in and out of missions, like I was. It's hard to listen to audio tapes. Ugh. You have to just like slow down and not complete missions so quickly. Why did they talk over it? I, I don't even understand that part. I, that that is disorienting too when you have lots of input while you're listening to cassette. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I'm trying to skip the mission also, area, and Code Tarker's like, "I want hamburgers." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, is- I love hamburgers. You don't have to eat, but I love hamburgers. Yeah, yeah, it's a real Code yeah. thing. The best part is you're not joking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was literally like three or four audio logs, just Code Talker, this hundred year old <laughs> parasite Native American expert on parasites, and all he wants to do is talk about hamburgers and why he doesn't need to eat because he's got parasites, <laughs> but he loves those dang American hamburgers. We could consider this a spoiler, but you know what? It's so dumb, I don't care. Yeah, but here, fun fact. That, that's not major enough of a spoiler. Yeah, to be, but fun to fact, be Code Talker is actually voiced by a real uh, American Indian or Native American, whatever. Well, first, people first, per, first peoples. Yeah, first peoples, I mean, et cetera. I think American yeah. Indian is the common one right now. But anyway. yeah. But yeah, he's voiced by an actual person who is of Navajo descent, I believe. So Yeah, that's helpful. Um probably explain there's other characters in the game who speak navajo and i don't understand why (laughs) (laughs) i guess i haven't gotten to that part yet yeah sorry um so on the subject of player agency i would i would step back a second and i would think a little bit more about how that relates to like spiritual formation and if you would can you think of a way perhaps that um a player agency mindset or an the idea that what you do matters affects life in christ uh, I believe that Jesus says that you shouldn't worry about the day-to-day moments because you can't worry over your life because God takes care of the sparrows. And when I think of player agency in terms of real life, I think of it in terms of why should I worry about what's going to happen next? Because it seems to me that planning doesn't actually work out most of the time. <laughs> the things you thought you were going to do when you were a kid, like, I don't know, become an astronaut or maybe a video game designer. For me, I wanted to be Mike Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you could... When I was five. You, you know, like, your parents is like, you could be whatever you want, right? It's like, right, yeah, right. I want to be uh, this incredibly difficult task, right? <laughs> yeah. But maybe you maybe you actually didn't like that as much as you thought. Yeah, when you're a little kid, the idea of being a doctor sounds ridiculously easy. Like, well, why would I want to be a doctor? That's yeah. normal. Yeah, you get a stethoscope. And <laughs> you, you don't, you don't realize people. that it's like 12 years of school and like <laughs> r- ridiculous grades to even get to that point. No, I could be whatever I believe I want to be. You know what? A doctor, all you need is a stethoscope. That's it. <laughs> that's that's all I can remember. <laughs> I was like, I want to be a doctor, right? Stethoscope. Yeah, this is the most useful item in the entire <laughs> arsenal, right? But, like, it's not that way. You just – yeah. you learn what you like to do and you learn what you would want to do over time and it's not so clear-cut, right, the destination from point yeah. A to point B. Yeah, I, I think that's actually a really good point because I, I was going to go the opposite direction because, like, when I think of player agency in terms of, like, relationship to the kingdom of God and, like, living in, living for God, I think that a lot more of 
what we do has uh, implication to um, what happens. Like if we actively take a curiosity and um, investigating that that line in scriptures that we were just thinking about, you know, or um, I mean, the the, the cliche of of uh, that you brought up about planning was uh, man makes a plan and God directs his path. Um, so I know that speak. comes from a psalm somewhere. What's that? <laughs> so to speak. Sounds like some CCM. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, there's a lot of CCM that's along, along those lines. Um, but the, the point in that is that it's um, – when you make a plan, it doesn't necessarily go that way. But there's a lot more with for God to be able to use to, for you to be able to get there. Yeah. Some kind of Christian cliche. Like uh, certain um, skills are – even if you don't actually use skills that you learn – at least you know them, and they usually come up for some bizarre, unspecified purpose in the future. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I did not expect to find myself becoming a trailer maker. Like, <laughs> yeah. like even saying the words trailer maker, like the very – even though I know exactly what I'm talking about, the first thing that comes to mind is physically making like tractor trailer – like trailers, <laughs> yeah, you, should, you should try that too, and then do both, and then you can you have yeah. you have business synergy. Oh man, that would be so darn confusing. <laughs> <laughs> you mean a trailer, or you want a trailer? Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> I can't even think of something that that would be like. That's just so weird. Um, but yeah, no, it does it does make a lot of sense. But yeah, to say that, like, I I find myself making video game trailers for as commercial pieces for uh, videos. Uh, for games so that that's not something that i thought was what i wanted to do even earlier this year um but it's definitely been something that's that's consuming and it's definitely something that i want to continue to do for a long period of time um and for you what did you want to be or what what are you becoming i don't even fully understand uh why don't you tell everybody what you what you're becoming because i know that you're going to school i know that you have gone Uh, to school for a billion years already i'm living eternally in the present I just brought eternally in the present. Yeah, ah. yeah. <laughs> I brought that from Wittgenstein. But anyway, what am I really doing? Uh, so I have a theology degree. Uh-huh. I write a lot. I'm going for an accounting degree. Yeah. So you want to be a bookkeeper? I'm starting a, a business with my brother, of which the details are unspecified for now because the foundational document in which it is based is still being written. Things like that. Uh, okay. So you're starting a business. That is a secret. So you are a secret bookkeeping theologian. Entrepreneur? Well, I can tell you one thing. It's a book. But it's not a book about, like, normal things. (laughs) Ah. So a book about arcana. Yeah. Kind of arcane studies relating to video games, yes. But that's about it. Wait, 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 wait. So specifically various forms of practical magic. Yeah, almost. <laughs> almost like magic. It's something only, that, only it's something that video game developers have desperately needed but didn't know they needed. Oh. Anyway, uh but I have my hands in many pies and uh, I all of them tend to involve skills that I have already accrued over time. So. All I got to say is that if you're going to put your hand in my pie, I'm going to be pretty upset cuz <laughs> I don't like I don't like fingers in my pie. Yeah, the, for germaphobes <laughs> that colloquialism doesn't work. No, it's really gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool, cool, cool. So, um, what it, when you if you were to think of agency and a game that that completely lacks that or feels like it's a game that's trying to do agency in a unique and strong way, 
but completely fails for you, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, those tend to be games I don't... I'm ambiguous about. Because I'm thinking about it, and I think player agency, in a sense, the way that we've defined it here does explain a lot of what I like about certain games, but also what I don't like about other games. Like, let's give, it, give some examples. Okay. So... Even in the same genre, certain games don't appeal to me. So you know me; I like uh, act- stylish action games. What are, what are they even called now? Character action games. Character action game. It seems like that's so weird sounding. It's, mean, it's a dumb name, but they're kind of like I, the know what you're modern talking about. progenitor of the beat 'em up, final fight style. Yeah. Anyway, kind of barring classifications, most people know Devil May Cry, Bayonetta, God of War, that sort of thing, right? Right. Ninja Gaiden. Okay, so the games that in that genre that are good are the ones that involve a lot of dense mechanical choices that have actual relevance to the game, right? right. Integrated systems. And that's yeah. why I think Metal Gear Solid Five works so well is because it has a lot of weird abstract stuff with the mother base management and the drop boxes and research and all that sort of thing. But all those things have relevance in the day-to-day stealth gameplay. So it's right, like this right. circle of you make a choice here, another choice here, right? And it just all these choices loop together. So it always yeah, feels like that, you're actually doing something. Yeah, right? You're always yeah. doing something in that game. Even when you're sitting in Mother Base, Not like, punching anything. the guys, and they're like, we love you, sir, sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love that part. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, you know. when I, I specifically whenever I go to a, like the literally the, that's that's actually one of the weakest parts of the game is the only reason that I want to go to Mother Base is so that I can punch dudes and and raise their morale. <laughs> and they say, "Thanks for that, boss." Yeah, you want to spar with me, boss? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are those are pretty much the two barks. Yeah. Um. So so to return yeah. to the. Uh, I like games that have the integrated system. So like Bayonetta, right? It has a it has a scoring system which is encouraging you to play in specific ways, right? So the game wants you to like not get hit, get like big combos that don't get messed up and uh kill everything really fast. So all those things are things you can do because the rules kind of supplement and the game design itself supplements this objective, right? So you sure. play through the game yeah. As you get better, you have a tangible measure of success, which you just keep seeing rise, right? Until so you, you would say that, control. like, the games that don't have agency or, or the games that are, like, lacking in meaningful choices are the ones that are less skilled at that? Yeah, well, okay, so to contrast, right, I played God of War. Right. God of War has a lot of the same elements, but the game does not feel rewarding as a result, it feels like really repetitive. Are you ever, are, are, are you ranked in God of War no. for how you perform? Yeah, no, I didn't think so. There's literally no indicator other than that you die. And you like being graded because there's why, actually, because you're a diehard academic and you have, a, no. and you're glutton for punishment. No, <laughs> I, I just like it because there's a measurement, right? I have something to actually set myself upon, right? Here is an objective. This objective is okay. really hard to get. But you can get it, obviously, because it's in the game, right? <laughs> right. So the, it's been programmed to have that parameter. Yeah. The developers are saying, you can do this here. Here are all the tools and figure out this completely dense system of stuff, right? And Bayonetta is, yeah. like, plenty dense. The player's guide is just way too big. 
<laughs> but and uh, some of the challenges I have not even like finished in that game. Whereas God of War, I played it on hard mode and I did not feel very inspired. And the game was mm-hmm. not very good in teaching you like what was the right thing to do and it had all these pre-rendered. Oh, it's pretty angles. obvious. You press the circle button when the circle button shows up over the enemy's head. Yeah, and that there the quick go. time events. <laughs> Which were done in Shenmue originally, but in this in that game, it's just like, ugh. and they randomized yeah, the, by the way, sequences too. The controls in Shenmue were the worst part about it, and <laughs> I don't remember anything in Shenmue other than the story, which shows you how memorable the actual gameplay was. Like I literally can't remember <laughs> how I did all the fights. Like I remember like a, a little tiny bit of one fight in the game, like the really, really big one where you're taking on like 72 guys and there's that one like dude who's seven feet tall and he's just in with everyone else. I remember that. I don't remember any other fights in the entire game. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, so just to return to this, I like the games, when the games have these kinds of things in them, the developers have like expectations of you, right? You're not just going to a goal. The game is saying... Here are all these interesting tools. They're in the game for a reason. Use them. Okay, that that's actually a key a key word that you used there was interesting tools, and I think that that's really really important considering oh. like, and not just tools that break the game. Like even in Metal Gear right. Solid Five, the Trank Dart and the Trank whatevers don't break the game. Even Quiet doesn't really break the game because she's super loud <laughs> and alerts everybody to her presence, sort of thing. Not not when you get her her silenced. Well, maybe I don't have that yet, but at that point, probably. <laughs> then she breaks. Yeah, the game. I don't. But then, yeah, I don't know that it necessarily breaks the game, but it definitely eases a lot of the difficulty in a certain sense. Yeah. But then you'll also start noticing that everyone starts wearing um, head guards, and yeah, everyone part. starts wearing. Uh, when you you get really good at just littering enemy soldiers' bodies with tranquilizer darts, and so they just eventually go down. Um, then they all start wearing uh, uh, full body armor. <laughs> yeah, that and, has happened to me, and I thought that was interesting because it made the missions more fun because it actually yeah. forced you to have like a different approach. I mean, you can go exactly. into the mission deployment thing and quote unquote fix it, right? But it, I mean, Wait, mission deployment thing. What do you mean? Well, you can send them to like interrupt supplies of like helmets or body armor or that sort of. Oh, thing. really? Yeah. How do you do that? It's if you're doing the missions, like sending the groups out to do missions and stuff, you can do that. It's like transport something or other. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's what those are for. I've literally, I've literally been like, when you send your soldiers to do missions, I've literally just been sending them to do whatever randomly because I don't, I didn't see how any of it mattered. Oh well, you should actually look because it tells you what happens on the rewards. <laughs> like it gives oh. you a certain amount of money or uh, soldier recruits or stuff like that. Yeah, that makes a lot. No, I've, I see those perks. I just didn't realize that I I'd also, was also able to interrupt enemy supplies. Yeah, it's the ones on the bottom. There's a big list, all sorts of different. Yeah, stuff I like think that. that I was. I just got so much in the habit of just going for GDP or GMP or whatever the. Yeah, and you basically is. you can reduce the supplies of uh, body armor, shields, assault rifles, sniper rifles, whatever. Basically, you are having trouble with personally. That's really cool. I'm not sure how long it gets rid of it, but it does get rid of them for the next few missions at the very least. Cool. I'll, I'll definitely have to try that out next time. And look, well, see, I play it 
105 hours in, right? Josh, <laughs> Nine, Josh you learned something new. Well, I have I have to load the game up and play it some more so that uh, I have my D-Walker's new ballista gun. What? <laughs> um, the ballista gun is really cool because it's a Fulton ballista, and it basically just launches Fulton... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> this game, what? So like much stuff. Yeah, See, yeah, that's what's cool about it, right? It has like all these tools, and it's like, okay, you can use these, right? And they're all interesting to use. Yeah, yeah. I personally like. I did not like the D Walker all that much at first, but as I've spent more time with it, I've it's come to be like one of my favorites. Um, it's it's expensive to deploy, but the the thing that I love is is um all the little quirky things that you can do with it. Uh, especially like you can you you can do CQC with it, like. That's just ridiculous. Like my ro- like I got one arm on my robot and I can do close quarters knockouts with it. That's great. <laughs> and then you can pick those people up and carry them with you as you as you speed over the Sahara. Like that's great. <laughs> <laughs> how do you go fast with the D Walker? That's one thing I don't know how to do yet. What? You like you fast? press the sprint button. There's a sprint button? You're joking, right? Like- no, I'm not joking. I'm literally not joking right now. <laughs> So you've been playing this entire game without the sprint button? Well, with the oh, the D Walker sprints the same way as the oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, I will admit that the, the D Walker's sprint has like a lot of nuance to it. Like it, yeah, you gotta kind of keep going straight because if you start turning, it starts like kind of like drifting. It, it gets it gets weird. Um, but it's game? a very fast it's a very fast way to get around. It's what I prefer over like jeeps and tanks and stuff man this game see this game just so much interesting stuff and they like want you to use it whereas like god of war you get like one weapon and then like three enemy types for like the whole game and then everything dies from a series of random quick time events Uh uh-huh it's just fundamentally uninteresting on so many yeah that was was one of the most disappointing parts in uh shadow of mordor if we're talking about like points where agency is really disappointing um, I'd say that one one area where agency is really important is is consistently relying on the game systems that have been provided for you. So if you get to the final boss fight and you're hoping to get into to just like use your skills to the nth degree of what you've done so far, in Shadow of Mordor, the final boss is a quick time event. <sighs> it's terrible. It's so dis- it's it's sort of disappointing. But once you realize that the real game is getting your orc army together and then going into this like crazy epic Lord of the Rings style battle, like that part was cool. All right. That's not the final boss, but that's the coolest part in that game. And you know what you can do? Like, um, what do you call it? You can do an inversion of mechanics learned throughout the game at like a final boss or a final sequence, but it has to be done right. Can you give an example of that? Because I can think of like a ton of times where games all right another game that i feel like specifically robs you of agency is like bioshock and bioshock infinite um of course there is uh the illusion of choice especially in bioshock where you can choose whether or not you save or or rip out the souls of little girls yeah um (laughs) yeah but in bioshock infinite it's it's very very specifically about you not having a choice and and just being there at the right time and there's customization of weapons and like customization and stuff like that but you don't have a choice for so much of the game and then at the very end you get a handy dandy 
uh, tower defense battle that you that's completely different from everything else that you've done throughout the entire game, and they've removed the game's fundamental respawn mechanic. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, why why are you guys doing this? This 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 is terrible. Um. Anyway, so examples that you you were thinking of where they invert the the, the final boss and it's effective. Uh, I think in. Well, I guess Ikaruga is a good example off the top of my head. But I think the whole game is kind of in a weird, strange inversion of shooter mechanics because, you know, most shooters are like, don't get hit by things. And Ikaruga's like, get hit by things, but only at specific times. <laughs> but I remember that at the final boss fight, you cannot actually shoot at the final boss. Like, the last part of the final boss is literally survive for 60 seconds. There's, like, no shooting at all. So you're not allowed to shoot, or you can't kill. You can't shoot at all, and you just survive. I think that happens in Radiant well, Silvergun well, too. Huh? Which is a complete inversion of every single gamer instinct you have when you're playing a, a shooting game. Sure, sure. And I, that that's actually really cool. And I've thought about that. Um, ironically, when I saw the the the, the TV show or yeah, TV show movie uh, Insurgent, the second movie in Divergent. Um, there's this part where the main character has to specifically not fight back and has to fight her instincts to fight. And I'm like, why don't we see that more in games where you have to actively, like, choose to not fight back? Whereas, like, there's, there's of course, just not pressing any buttons. But then there's, like, taking an actual stance of letting your guard down. And I think that's actually kind of interesting. Yeah. Ikaruga is a weird game like that because it's, like... Yeah. Especially Radiant Silvergun is, the like, the other way. Like, they're both, like, two sides of the same coin. Same director, too. So, like, Radiant mm-hmm. Silvergun has, like, six weapons or, like, seven weapons if you count the actual uh-huh. sword. And you have to use all these different weapons at really precise points in the game. And then Ikaruga's, like, you have one shot and then you can switch things and you absorb bullets of the other side when you switch, right? So mm-hmm. one is like this like simplicity in like this weird nuanced mechanic and the other one is like maximalist with everything. But both of them have the exact same end which is to not shoot at anything for 60 seconds. <laughs> huh. So do you do you, in that situation do you lose if you shoot? Uh you you basically if you die that's it. Like that's But you, you don't can't even get to continue. But can you shoot? That's the only question. No, can you, you can't shoot at all. The game literally okay. says you can't shoot. Because I think Ikaruga... So you, hold, the you press whole, the shoot button and nothing happens? Yeah. I think Ikaruga, okay. the end of the game... Well, the whole game itself is a suicide mission to basically destroy this evil empire that's harnessing the power of God, literally. And so, mm-hmm. basically, at the end, you're basically just blow it up. In that universe, God is a tool. Yeah, basically, that's kind of the theme in both games. <laughs> <laughs> but none of that all is right. really conveyed in the game. It's all yeah. outside of the game. But the, the cool. themes are kind of there. Huh. Anyway, but that's an interesting inversion of player agency. Like, you're literally, yeah. the game suddenly says, now dodge all the things and don't shoot. <laughs> yeah, that is a really good point. Um, yeah, actually, that's all that I really had as far as the topic goes for today. Um, I think that that's some pretty good discussion. Um, yeah, plus I got to talk about uh, treasure games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually have had... Ikaruga in my Steam wish list for like forever, not because I'm like passive aggressively hoping someone will buy it for me, but because I just haven't pressed the buy button on it yet. Oh, uh, you know what? I'll buy it for you and we'll play co-op. <laughs> really? That'd be actually really cool. We should do that. 
That would be awesome. Because a lot of the game can actually be played with two players, and we just basically switch the polarities when we need to, cooperatively speaking. Do we have to switch polarities at the same time? Well, it's probably beneficial, but... No, I, you huh. separately control your. Oh, that's polarities. right, because you are you're only responsible for your polarity. Yeah. Unlike Guacamelee, where if you dimension swap with what well, with another player, they have to swap into that dimension with you, whether yeah, or not you're ready for it. It's basically separate, so it's like mitigating yeah. the, the problematic parts of the game. I don't think you can blow each other yeah. up though, so that's good. <laughs> that is good. Actually, I kind of like it when you can do that, like like in yeah. Helldivers. But <laughs> anyway, so that you like killing other players. Okay, that's fine. I, I like it when that's an option. I like the the idea of um, questioning whether or not you can trust the other players um, in a certain sense. I mean, like, sometimes it's interesting. Sometimes it's not. Like, I'm not the kind of person who wants to sit there and daisy and just, like, mess with people and find, make them drink chlorine or something ridiculous. <laughs> make them drink <laughs> chlorine. Yeah, that's that's something you should make all your friends, though. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's just one of those things. Like, and I haven't actually played Daisy, but like anybody who plays it for a long period of time always has that like that story of that time where they were held up by somebody and and forced to strip off all their clothes and drink chlorine. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that that also said, this has player, been <laughs> player agency. <laughs> yeah, this has been the theology gaming podcast uh, where we talked about player agency and what it means to have a choice in the games you play um if you like the show uh give us all of your love and we will be your friend forever yes (laughs) (laughs) Yes. um and uh yeah that's that's all that i have to say Uh, join t theology gaming university on facebook where we talk about things yeah that's a good idea too and don't be a spam bot because you will definitely not get invited to the group yeah we, we don't like spam bots (laughs) <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I also I wanted to plug something really quick. Yeah, plug um, it. Early, this is my second podcast today. Really? Yeah, yeah. So um, I was actually early, earlier on this today. I was on a, a podcast, an international podcast um, with uh, people with Robert Edwards of the Played Out Podcast. Um, so that's Played Out Podcast on iTunes if you're searching for it. Um, and it's basically just about the, the games that formed you over life and just kind of like exploring, uh, life through the formation of games. Um, he's one of my fellow, my fellow, uh, Indie Haven podcast, uh, Indie Haven contributors. And, uh, yeah, super, really cool guy. And, uh, I really recommend that you check out all of his podcasts. He's also been playing a lot of Metal Gear Solid five. So (laughs) yeah, if you, if you like, if you like charming British accents, check that out. Yeah, and anybody who's been playing Metal Gear Solid Five clearly is a good person. <laughs> uh, I can't, I can't attest to that. Um, no. I can attest to the fact that, that that they are officially learning the benefits of not killing all their enemies, like Zach has here. Zach, Zach has officially had uh, some pacifist influences <laughs> taking shape within his face. Well, also, yeah. it's more interesting than killing people in this game. So, yeah. I know. I, I don't know. get it. Like I tried. Playing <laughs> me- you know what? I well, I did go like crazy on one of the missions. You know the one where you f- get the tanks. You have to k- get the convoy tanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one we you were talking about, about earlier, not the one where you're waiting for them on the roads. This one where you okay. go and find the plans, and then you have to capture the two tanks or blow them up or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Now there, 
I did that mission like two or three times, and then I was like, screw this. Uh-huh. I don't really have enough time to do the whole mission for 60 minutes. I just went whole hog, and I killed like, everything. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I had full How'd body armor and a, and a machine gun. Oh, you were you were doing the full armor. Yeah, he looks so goofy <laughs> in the he big looks armor. Like, yeah, he looks like he's in a bomb suit or something. Yeah, <laughs> and I got a big <laughs> machine gun and a, and a rocket launcher, and yeah, I was just wrecking fools up, but it, it did work. Yeah, and I bet you got like a, a B on the mission too. You know what? Um, I don't remember what I got, but yeah, it you was know, not why? a very high It score. was not memorable, yeah. <laughs> you know, some missions where I've just run in and killed everything, I get an S anyway. I don't I don't understand huh. this game. Yeah, That's well, there's a few game. missions that are like that, like where, where you can just kill things, but it really is about counting how many times you've been seen and or triggered a combat alert. Those are the things that it, it, it counts. Huh, okay. Well, you know what? We probably extended this past the podcast time, so I... Yeah. I didn't actually end it. <laughs> so yeah, podcast over. <laughs> cool, awesome.